With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome in, everybody. I am Chris Landry, and you have found us over at Scout's Eye on Pro Football as we're here to break down all the latest news, notes, and more importantly, inside information, um, film room analysis over um, uh, in the NFL uh, as we try to bring that to you each and every day over at LandryFootball.com. We try to touch on a lot of it. We're going to go game by game, team by team, hand out game balls for the weekend, and obviously recap everything that has taken place throughout uh, week seven of the NFL as we get you ready for week eight of the NFL. So pleased that you have joined us. A reminder of a couple of things. Um, Got some great information for you, for those of you that are interested. um, From my good friends at the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. They are our presenter for today. Um, we will get to that in a little bit. Want to also remind you that all the detailed film room breakdowns over at LandryFootball.com is where you want to go to get the most detailed, more detailed information than we can give to you today or any day. Much more detail, which is why you want to become a member of LandryFootball.com today. Take advantage of the football season sale as we have that for you. Also, a reminder that... Uh, to listen to this podcast, uh, very simply, if you, if you want to make sure that you, the main way to go is go to LandryFootball.com, and, um, and that's where you can find the podcast. You'll see it posted up there. Click on it. You can listen to it. If you want to have it come to your phone directly, uh, it'll tell you where to sign up for it. Um, on Landry Football's conference call, you can get that. Um, but uh, either way, uh, remind you also, to join us live is our good friend Kev Belago has joined us inside the chat room. Uh, join us with your questions, your thoughts uh, about the game of the NFL and beyond, and uh, give your opinions and, and certainly the questions. Got a bunch to get to today. Um, Kansas City in trouble? How much trouble? Titans dominated them. Are the Bengals for real? We're going to go into that a little bit. Um, the Panthers bench Sam Darnold. It's a quarterback mess there. Uh, the Dolphins lose another close one. The Patriots pound the Jets. The Lions pull out uh, all the stops, but um, but lose a very tough one against the Rams. The Bears looked awful, dominated by the Bucks. We saw the Raiders continue to play well. Uh, the Cardinals continue to roll. Um, how about Indianapolis, San Francisco in a sloppy field? Niners are in a world of hurt still. In Seattle, in New Orleans, as I'm sure you watched it on Monday Night Football in what was a close physical game. We're going to get to all of it. A lot of intrigue there. Um, Big matchups this weekend. We're going to get to that a little bit later. But certainly Green Bay, Arizona, what a way to start off the week. Uh, We don't normally see a Thursday night game that's that's appealing as uh, that one is. That's certainly going to going to overtake a lot of things. Uh, some good games, but those kind of uh, lead the way. But we're going to get into all of that, um, and we're going to, again, take your thoughts, questions, and comments. A thought, uh, breaking down the week that was, um, you, you know, I think the, the 
the one thing that comes to mind overall is is you look at the league um, in an overview. It's what's the biggest story? Um, is it um, the Bengals? Certainly this week. I think certainly the dominant, you know, or the, the way they were able to play and beat the Ravens, and that was impressive. I think the Bengals are certainly a big story. Can it continue? Uh, the Titans dominant over the Chiefs, and I know the Chiefs have struggled, but that was another statement. Ravens are certainly in it. The Bills, have they just come back to the pack? Are they still in the mix? Same with the Chargers. The Raiders, how much of a factor are they? Suddenly, there's a lot of question marks. You know, the Browns banged up, injured. Uh, a lot of things uh, to get to um, around the AFC. And in the NFC, um, you take a look. You know, the Cardinals are the story. Uh, the Saints and the Bucks play this week in a big one. We just talked about the Cardinals and the Packers. Uh, the Rams are playing well. Dallas, uh, let's not forget them. They've played well. And, um, you know, lots of intrigue as we're getting closer and closer to the time. I mentioned, I want to get into this a little bit um, before we start breaking down the games from last night and of the weekend. Mike Tomlin had a um, a spirited press conference today. And I want to address it because I think this is something I addressed it on the Big Ten show today. But this is universal coaching searches, college, NFL. It's universal uh, in that there's um, almost a uh, cottage industry made up of coaching rumors uh, because of coaching searches, college in the NFL and the cross-pollination of both, that it has created a, um, a almost a National Enquirer type approach to let's throw something against the wall. I heard this and I heard that. Yeah, you heard it. And everybody wants to sound like they've got inside information. Uh, they played at the school or, you know, whatever. And, and it revolved around two things. Uh, Ryan Clark, who played at LSU, played with the Steelers, talked about how uh, Mike Tomlin would definitely be interested in the LSU job. And then Carson Palmer recently came out and said that, yeah, Mike Tomlin would be definitely be interested in the USC job. A USC and an LSU player that know as much about go what's going on at their schools as the man on the street. No clue. Yet people give guys like that credibility. Um, they have none. They have no idea what's going on in coaching searches. Never been a part of it. But it makes for clicks. It makes for hot takes. But nobody really holds them accountable. Um, I, I can speak from experience working inside coaching searches that 90% of the information you hear, and that's conservative. It's probably higher than that is wrong information. It's people just throwing stuff out there. It's what we call ballroom talk. Guy at the end of the bar saying, you know what? I think so-and-so would be really good here. Well, it would be a really good coach. Yada, yada. And, and yet, there's really nothing to it. Absolutely nothing to it. Um, if you want to know... And, and I can tell you from a coaching search that there are not two sides. There are multiple sides to a story. There's the candidate side, which includes the candidate, the agent, um, people that are close confidants of the person. Um, and there, those are a number of people on one side. And then you have the side of the institution or organization, let's call it, pro college team, that they certainly, uh, depending upon the search and who's involved, there's information that gets out. Mostly inaccurate information because it's usually third and fourth-hand information. 
and I have a rule that if it's not firsthand information, it's not good information because you can't trust it. And even if it's firsthand information, it's a very fluid situation. Uh, there could be interest on a surface level, but as you get beneath the surface, there becomes a lack of interest from one side or the other or both. Or the relationship grows and there becomes a greater interest. But it is fluid and you must be able to research and thoroughly investigate from different sides. But <clears throat> very often, guys become involved in doing shows and are asked certain things about a search and what the certain information is. Um, and yet, um, don't get the full story. Don't get the complete understanding of what's truly going on. What's realistic? What's foolhardy? What makes no sense? Um, it's just so much misinformation. Uh, you know, I always say that just because somebody says they're interested, um, that they're a candidate for a job, and then you find out they may think they're a candidate, and they may be, but they may not be higher up on that list as you might think. Um, I deal with this a lot. I deal with this in a lot of my work. Just coaches on the college and NFL level, head coaches and assistant coaches, personnel directors, scouts, GM types in the NFL – it's a lot of information to consume and to cross-pollinate and follow up on. And I think too often today we live on the world of the clickbaits and what's truly going on. And I try to be straight and, you know, <clears throat> I admit a lot of times I don't talk about um, uh, issues on um, searches because I can't um, completely divulge maybe everything. Plus, I can't or I may not be able to verify that. So there's a lot of things that need to go into it. Uh, let's uh, get some news and notes that I'm going to pass along and then we'll get into the breakdowns. Um, thanks, Kev Belago, for joining us. Uh, Rich Coach says, thoughts on James Franklin changing agents to Jimmy Sexton as well as confusing press conference today. Folks on Illinois and Ohio State. Rich, I, I'm going to uh, ask you to go to the Big Ten show. I, I address that in about in full detail. There's no sense in me going over that again on this show. Um, so why don't you go on that? James Franklin changed his agents this past summer. The news is broken out now. I explained why it's broken out. So check the Big Ten show, which is up on LandryFootball.com. Uh, and I addressed that pretty early in the show. That'll give you a better feel for uh, what it's all about. Uh, and that's 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 a lot of detail that I don't want to go in again. Um, so check that out. Um, is the Jets the only team Bill Belichick will run the score up against considering he hates the Jets? <laughs> oh, I it's, – it's certainly the ones that – He's the one that jumps out. Uh, there's no doubt. I don't know about the others. Let's uh, get into, and let's kind of go in reverse order. Um, well, a couple of things that I want to pass along that I had in my notebook today. Um, Panthers re uh, uh, placed uh, Alan Lazard on the reserve injured list today. The Raiders released Willie Sneed. Would the Saints be willing to pick him up? Not sure. It looks like Jerry Judy with that ankle is going to be available for the uh, for the Broncos for week eight against Washington. Uh, looks like uh, Jordan Howard could be activated from the Eagles practice squad to play week eight against the Lions. Um, Andres Pete looks like uh, he and Will Lutz of the Saints or um, uh, Andres Pete tore his peck uh, against the Seahawks. Looked like he's probably gone for the year. And it looks like Will Lutz, as I've kind of alluded to, has had a setback, and he's going to miss the rest of the season, it looks like. Um, Lyle Collins is expected to return to the active roster uh, this week against the Vikings, who, of course, with the Cowboys. Um, 
So, uh, and the watch is on for the Browns in the contract negotiations with Baker Mayfield. Um, will they truly make him an offer worth $30 million a year as some are anticipating? Not sure. Let's keep an eye out on that and we'll keep you up to date in our notebooks over at LandryFootball.com. To the games. <clears throat> Thought it was an interesting matchup, the Saints and the Seahawks. Um, I think one of the things that I took out of the game was the physical nature, the tough nature, the really good defense of both teams had defending the run, particularly the Saints were outstanding. I thought the Saints did a much better job of getting enough out of Alvin Kamara in the passing game. Uh, I thought the Seahawks squandered some scoring opportunities. The Saints were able to get enough done. Jameis Winston protected the football, just did enough. Wasn't, look, he had a touchdown, wasn't anything special. I, I'm impressed with the fact that um, he has, um, you know, um, you know, I think that um, if you look at the checkdowns and the opportunities that Jameis Winston um, did, I think it's a sign that he has improved. His impatience has improved. Um, I think those things are really key into his growth and his development. I thought Kamara was outstanding. Um, I thought, you know, certainly his work in Kamara in the, the past game was pivotal in the success. Look, it's, it's very simple. Uh, Sean Payton has done a really good job of uh, making things simplified for Jameis. And I think it's worked well. It certainly limits the offense. Uh, Marquise Calloway drew a, a, a lot of targets in this game. Curious to see how much better they get with Michael Thomas when they get him back. Adam Trotman was second on the team with 36 receiving yards. The offensive line uh, held up well in pass protection. Um, they just gave up 12 pressures. Uh, the defensive line, uh, Marcus Davenport returned from IR with a with a vengeance, um, leading all the Saints pass rushers with four pressures in the game. I thought um, Cam Jordan did a really nice job. I thought they defended the run so well. The star of the game was Demario Davis, continues to be a dominant performer. Um, Pete Werner's playing very well, and they really filled hard against the run and did a tremendous job. The secondary was outstanding. Um, it wasn't a great passing attack by any means with Geno Davis running it for the Seahawks, but they did a good job nonetheless. Very, very impressive with what they were able to do. Uh, I thought Geno was adequate. I don't think he's um, someone that they can live with at quarterback. They've got to get Russell Wilson back and may not be in quick enough for them to make a playoff run. Alex Collins had the majority of the, the lead back responsibilities, uh, but couldn't run the football. Um, he caused some missed tackles, but they just, they just couldn't get any success uh, garnered in the running game whatsoever. Metcalf was Somewhat of a playmaker in a limited role in the passing game. Freddie Swain had four receptions. The offensive line was overwhelmed in this game. Uh, the defensive line didn't have an impact, only nine pressures. Bobby Wagner was the only linebacker that graded out well. I thought uh, the secondary uh, played pretty well in this game. I thought Ryan Neal did a good job. Uh, all in all, it was a solid win for the Saints. I'm curious to see how they play the Bucks this upcoming week. I think this is going to be real interesting and uh, certainly puts them in the division race with a win. Um, it would be uh, uh, two, both two losses with a game up. we um going to be interesting to see. I don't know that that I would say the Saints are capable of beating the Bucs. I think the Bucs are much more balanced in a better team, but, but we shall see. I think this was a game. It was a good win for the Saints. It was kind of a must win for the Saints. But, you know, I don't, I just don't think that this was a really good uh, Seahawk team 
that was uh, the uh, the difference there. Uh, Indianapolis getting it done against San Francisco in the heavy rain weather. Um, Carson Wentz was erratic, but I thought he did, um, you know, a decent job for stretches. But then there were some plays that he made that were problematic, that uh, fortunate for them didn't cost them. Um, Jonathan Taylor had two fumbles, but he ran the football well. Michael Pittman caught all four of his targets and had a big-time game. Colts offensive line um, did a pretty solid job. Uh, Aquadine Muhammad was one of the stars uh, for the the Indy defense. Um, Darius Leonard was all over the field, was targeted four times. Uh, Xavier Rhodes left the game early, but he produced some big game-changing interceptions. Thought it was a pretty solid performance. Jimmy Garoppolo um, did not play all that well. Elijah Mitchell forced two missed tackles. Um, he had 60 rushing yards after contact. I thought he played very well for him and gave them a really good chance in the game. Debo Samuel, I thought, did a really nice job. The offensive line, um, you know, did a really good job. The defensive line was inconsistent with their pass rush. Nick Bosa led the team with three pressures, but overall not very good. I thought Fred Warner was outstanding in coverage at linebacker. Mosley Jay gave up just two catches and uh, for eight receiving yards on six targets. Thought he did a really good job. Um, the Raiders getting it done against Philadelphia. Uh, the Eagles are limited, and and we're going to get into that in a second. But but Carr and and the Raiders continue to play well. Um, I thought he was efficient. Um, Josh Jacobs left early with a chest injury, um, but they played pretty well most of the game. Darren Waller missed the game, but Foster Moreau played very well. Hunter Renfro led in targets and receptions, very good at seven. Um, he really worked well out of the slot, did an outstanding job. I thought the offensive line had a good day in pass protection. Um, Carr had a lot of time to make plays. Um, that I thought uh, Nindakwe, got after the quarterback. Um, I thought that uh, the defensive line did a pretty good job with their pressures. thought Denzel Perryman did a really nice job. Um, Jonathan Abram uh, did a nice job. For Philly and Jalen Hurts in the quarterback position, it was an average day, very average. Look, um, you know, they're they're doing their best to kind of work with him. I think that he's a tough guy. He did have three drop passes that hurt him, but they're going to have to do the best job that they can to get him more and more acclimated to making decisions from the pocket, but still try to work with his, his strength, which is making plays outside the pocket. Miles Sanders was caught it off the field with an injury, didn't return, but he still led the um, – um, you know, um, the backs, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell picked up production in his absence, but um, he struggled with some of the opportunities. Um, Dallas Goddard, I thought, was pretty um, uh, interesting. Um, the uh, The offensive line for Philly didn't allow a sack, allowed 10 pressures on 30 pass blocking attempts. Um, defensive, uh, line didn't register a sack, but had six pressures on car. I thought Alex Singleton played well at linebacker, uh, pretty, um, pretty good job in coverage. Um, and I thought, uh, that Darius Slate did a good job, uh, in the secondary, the Cardinals continue to dominate the Texans. It was a slow start, but they were dominant, uh, you know, had a couple of sloppy plays tackled in the end zone for a safety was Kyler Murray, but, you know, um, very good, very functional. Connor and Edmonds busted off three explosive runs over the, between the two of them. Kirk and Ernst, Ernst played really well at tight end for him, made a couple of big plays. One in particular, DeAndre Hopkins played very well. Um, of the 35 uh, pass block snaps, Cardinals allowed just two sacks and seven total pressures. Humphreys led the charge. Uh, in the pass blocking grade. 
Marcus Golden made his presence known, uh, did a really nice job there. Um, Zayvon Collins was solid again against the run. Robert Alford, uh, I thought, did a good job in the secondary. Um, it's going to be interesting to see them against the, the pack on Thursday night. Um, the Texans, Davis Mills, you know, still struggling, doing the best that he can. Um, Johnson is hanging in there, but you're limited what you can do in the run game when you get so far behind. Brandon Cooks, um, look, it's it's tough for him to get open. The line surrendered two sacks, two hits, three hurries um, on the on the um, bright side. Howard was was beaten only once on pass blocking attempts. Um, two sacks in a hurry formed an all around performance. Zach Cunningham made just one tackle. Lonnie Johnson, um, you know, um, played fairly well. This is amongst the the worst teams that I watch on film. I mean, the Texans are right in that mix. Um, I know that the the Jets are in a world of hurt, but they're they're, they're pretty bad. There's no question about that. The Rams and the Lions. um, The uh, Lions played very aggressively. Um, the um, I was just checking in the notice here. Um, the Lions played uh, really well. They played aggressively. They came in with everything. Onside kicks, fake two fake punts, and fourth downs and going for it. Love the attitude. Love the aggressiveness. Probably. Should have kicked a field goal, get some points. You know, I, you know, I, being over aggressive is fine, but but you got to be smart too. I think sometimes you can, your team loses a little bit of momentum when you come away with empty, uh, empty possessions. Stafford played very very well. Uh, did a great job. Um, you know, for uh, for the Rams, um, I thought Cooper Cup was was really good um, uh, as he continues to be. Van Jefferson as well. Brian Allen is generating some pressures. Um, I think the defensive line is creating a lot of multiple pressures. I think Aaron Donald has played very well. Kenny Young and Troy Reader played poorly in coverage, I thought. Um, I thought the the secondary played really well for the Rams. I think for golf, you know, he did a really solid job, all things considered. Uh, you've got to work the check down. There were, there were times where I thought he threw the football where there were some better options there. Swift and Jamal Williams split the carries, and both were pretty efficient on the ground. I thought, you know, Swift ran the ball well, and um, he made an impact as a receiver, though, bigger than that. I thought Williams did a pretty solid job. Um the receivers, as you might expect, they they struggle to generate separation, which is part of the the solid grade by the Rams secondary. Um, T.J. Hawkinson was was pretty effective. The offensive line, the the Lions offensive line, handled the pass rush adequately. Uh, only allowed eleven pressures. Panesu allowed four pressures. Um, pass rush combined to create, you know, ten pressures, but they could only hit Stafford on one occasion. I thought Harrison Williams and Akara did a pretty solid job. Uh, Akara got the only sack, um, but they did a pretty good job against the run, all things considered. Anzalone and Reeves-Maben, I thought, uh, did a pretty solid job defending the run, setting the edge. Um, you know, this is this is a team that's playing hard. The Lions just need a win. They need something positive to happen because they're not – they're not getting it done here. Um, so, um, you know, if you look at it, um, while they're not going to win a lot of games, the foundation is starting to be set there. I'm a little bit more encouraged with what I'm seeing on tape with the Lions than, say, even with the Jets or certainly with the Texans. The Bears concern me. Um, you know, it was another rough outing for Justin Fields. It's not a surprise there. 
He's thrown three picks. What do you expect? Everybody wanted him to play. He's the answer, right? Well, he's not the answer right now. He's a, he's a rookie, and, you know, so it's not college football, and you're going to have a hard time getting on track. Um, you know, your, your, your team that doesn't match up, overall they've got some talent on this Bears defense, but with the offense – being limited, I think that's that's the issue. This needs to be a long-term project with Justin Fields, and I think we're seeing that he's not going to be the early success that we've we've seen. He's physically gifted, but as a passer, there's a lot of limitations there. Uh, from the Buck standpoint, um, Brady was outstanding. He, you know, he can avoid pass rush pressure even against a good pass rush line. This is a stout Bears defensive front. Brady wasn't even phased. Ball came out so quick. Um, the backs ran well. Jones, Fournette ran well. Evans had three touchdowns, was outstanding. Godwin was the star of the receiving core, eight catches, 111 yards, was outstanding. Outstanding. It was uh, a clean game by the Bucks offensive line. Kappa was was really was the uh, the only starter not to not give up a pressure. Um, Worfs and Jensen and Marpet and Smith each gave up one pressure, but they didn't give up a sack. Shaq Barrett paced the group on defensive line with four pressures. Um, Jason Pierre-Paul and Sue did a good job with their pressures. Uh, Levante David was, you know, out. Kevin Minter was targeted four times in coverage, gave up two catches for negative two yards. Devin White was outstanding, allowed all three catches in his coverage for 29 yards. Wasn't a great performance by him, but there wasn't a lot of sustained offensive threat by the Bears against him. I thought um, the the Bears attacked the the Bucks, um, tried to attack the corners, but couldn't do a whole lot. Um, you know, Dean and Cockrell and Delaney – Gave up 10 catches on 14 targets, but just 82 yards, only three first downs. So they didn't give up a lot of big plays. From the Bears' standpoint, look, Fields was hassled from the opening drive, found himself under pressure on 13 dropbacks. He was sacked four times. Um, He was kept clean for the most part, just not able to make enough plays. The game is moving too fast for him mentally. I thought Khalil Herbert was the only bright spot on the offense. He forced a number of missed tackles. Um, not a good performance by the receivers. Allen Robinson was not able to get open. I think the timing and the ability to combine and mesh the routes with the quarterback are problematic at this point. Um, I thought Lachavia Simmons um, gave up four pressures and two sacks. It was a problem on the offensive line. Um, the biggest issue that I saw on the offensive line, only Khalil Mack and uh, Gibson had multiple pressures. Um, I thought Blackson played pretty well against the run. Roquan Smith missed two tackles, but did have some pretty good stops. Uh, Jalen Johnson a five, allowed five first downs, uh, it, but um, it, was a, it was a rough, rough performance by the Bears, rough look there. Uh, as you look at um, the rest of the way for them and um, their record and their schedule going forward, it's going to be quite the challenge as they drop the three and four. New England pounded the Jets. Um, Zach Wilson left the game in the second quarter. Uh, it was just just ugly. Um, the defense caved to, to New England's offensive tech. Mac Jones has strung together some really nice performances. And it's what we talk about, too. You know, we just talked about Justin Fields. The Bears are not a bad team, but Justin is not ready mentally. Mac Jones is, and Mac Jones is not nearly as gifted as Justin Fields. But you see much better quarterback, much better field vision and decision-making at this point. Damian Harris dominated the Jets' run defense. He averaged over seven and a half yards a carry. I mean, it was incredible. Um, Jones spread the wealth against the the coverage of the Jets. They found guys open. Five different receivers got more than like 40 yards. Kendrick Bourne was really, really good. Isaiah Winnicheck, Mason 
played very well up front in the offensive line. Um, the Patriots pass rush was pretty good as a group. Um, Barmore was outstanding. Christian Barmore is becoming very difficult to handle. Uh, Uguale, um, got a sack and flashed a little bit. Um, New England likes to, to match up, um, you know, personnel. They like to match up, um, you know, how you play offensively. I thought they did a good job with stops uh, and did a very good job. J.C. Jackson um, has continued to improve and get better. Watch him. Remember that name. Uh, he's a, a a bright young corner coming along. Zach Wilson, as I mentioned, going to the Jets, um, really struggled um, before getting injured. Uh, Michael Carter couldn't find much, much uh, – room to run here. Corey Davis, um, you know, um, he's, you know, really good player. They need more like him. Uh, they just don't have enough weapons there. And the offensive line, um, you know, they allowed just uh, the New York allowed just six pressures from New England, one hit. They just couldn't make any plays. Uh, Quentin Williams had four pressures, very productive up front for the Jets. But, you know, without a, a Carl Lawson, uh, they, they they don't have enough up front defensively. Um, I know the Patriots thought they could attack the linebackers, um, and uh, this, was, this was definitely an attackable area. The average depth of tackle on runs was four and a half yards. Um, it was very, very effective. Marcus May was being attacked through the air quite a bit this week. It was a, an ugly, ugly performance by the Jets as the Patriots dominated. Speaking of domination, it's what the Titans did to the Jets, uh, to the Chiefs. Opening snap. I mean, 27-3, and it, and it felt like it. Uh, Tannehill ripped through the Chiefs defense. Look, it, this is, in a nutshell, when people ask about the Chiefs, look, they're going to have to play smarter football. They're going to have to take what the defense gives them. There's this feeling that they got to score every time in a big play mode. No. Be patient. People are going to play in a lot of two shell. Make them pay for it. Go ahead. Be prudent with your decisions. Move the ball down the field. Protect your defense. Give your defense a chance to adjust play better in pivotal moments, and you got to become more balanced because what's happening, the Chiefs are, uh, Chiefs are taking too many chances, making too many mistakes, and it's killing their defense. Their defense is not good enough to carry them. Tannehill ripped through them, absolutely ripped through them. Derrick Henry ran the football well. A.J. Brown played very well. Julio Jones um, was effective to a, a lesser degree. Uh, the offensive line cleaned up. I mean, they gave up only one sack. Now, they didn't do a really good job, as good a job in the run game, but they, they cleaned up in pass pro. The defensive line of the Titans manhandled the Chiefs' offensive front. That's going to be the key, is can this defense become a really elite defense? In Tennessee, that's that's the key to their chances going forward. Harold Landry, Danico Autry, all very good. Jeffrey Simmons, Murchison, uh, a lot of guys, Bud Dupree. The linebacker unit had to deal with the pass game. And I thought Long and Rashawn Evans, they were combined 13 times, allowed 10 receptions for 69 yards. <clears throat> Not bad. <clears throat> Excuse me with that play after ability of the Chiefs. Elijah Molden drew uh, nine targets, allowed seven receptions. Really good performance. Uh, probably as bad a performance as you're going to see Patrick Mahomes play. Um, couldn't get the ball downfield. Didn't have a lot of time. Um, they abandoned the run early. Uh, that was a problem. Um, both Williams and McKinnon were more effective as pass catchers. Travis Kelty led all pass catchers with 12 targets. Um, but not enough. Byron Pringle was a bright spot, quite frankly. 
but they couldn't get enough done. The offensive line struggled, as I mentioned. The defensive line did not make an impact in either the run or the pass game. So they really didn't impact the game. I thought Nick Bolton played well, the rookie linebacker out of Missouri. Um, You know, um, the secondary was just brutalized, just really, really brutalized. Brutal was the Ravens' performance against the Bengals. Um, Joe Burrow, the Bengals, your first place Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, that's right. Joe Burrow was dominant. Uh, He was absolutely dominant. Completed 23 passes for 416 yards, three touchdowns. He had one throw that wasn't really good, an interception in the end zone. Pushed the ball down the field and did it very effectively. The run game wasn't all that efficient either. Joe Mixon and Samaji Perrine split snaps. Um, they were, you know, adequate, nothing special. Jamar Chase was outstanding, rookie of the year candidate, no doubt. Um, he, they couldn't contain him at all. Um, Tyler Boyd um, and T. Higgins. Um, Higgins had uh, 15 targets, hauled in seven. Boyd hauled in just four. Uh, Uzuma continued to be a really productive player for them. The offensive line had a mediocre day in pass protection. It wasn't a great game. Give uh, give Joe Burrow a lot of credit for just carving up quick decisions and getting ball out on time. Defensively, Sam Hubbard was outstanding. He lived in Baltimore's backfield all afternoon. Trey Henderson was really, really good. Jermaine Pratt played a lot of snaps. Uh, Akeem Davis-Gaither did a really good job. Awuzie um, uh, did a pretty good job there. For Baltimore, um, Jackson was limited through the year. Um, they, uh, he did most of his damage when he did it with his legs. The run game wasn't really good. I thought the, 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 the Bengals did a really good job defending the run. Uh, Freeman and Bell and Tyson could not run the foot 29 yards. That's not the Ravens run game. So though that jumped out at me. Um, I, I, I thought that um, overall the offensive line wasn't really effective. I thought um, Campbell and Houston played pretty well on the defensive line. Queen played very well in defense. Uh, Marlon Humphrey really struggled against Jamar Chase. The Panthers go down in a quarterback problem. The Giants win. Um, Impressed with how well the Giants played. Daniel Jones didn't play a great game, but he played a clean game. Neither offense averaged over five yards to play, but it was the Giants that were more effective. The Giants were without their top three receivers. Uh, They didn't move the football in the passing game well, but Daniel Jones made um, plays in this game. I, I thought he was very efficient. Um, he got the ball out quickly, allowed his receivers to make plays without Saquon Barkley. Um, the run game was non-existent and, um, until the game came out of reach. Um, I thought Dante Pettis was, was outstanding as the go-to guy with you're down three starters where the Giants at receiver and their great running back. Darius Slayton received most of the targets. They hauled in, um, uh, a, a like nine and uh, five out of nine, very effective. I thought that the offensive line of the Giants kept a clean pocket most of the day. Matt Scorer was really bright up front. Will Hernandez wasn't real good in pass protection, but everybody else played pretty well in pass pro. Um, The pass rush was good. It lived in the Panthers' backfield. Panthers' offensive line is struggling big time. Leonard Williams generated four pressures and one and a half sacks. Um, Tate Crowder played very well for him. The secondary made plays throughout the game. Very impressive performance by the Giants. Sam Donald struggled. Why did he struggle? Like a lot of guys, you don't pass protect. You're missing some weapons. Not a whole lot there. They could not establish any ground game because the Panthers' defense has given up yards and points. Um It was a poor performance by the receivers, by the offensive line, really, really poor. Panthers quarterbacks were sacked six times. A lot of it was to get Sam out of the game and protect him. 
and let's see, let's start over next week because it wasn't working. And no, he didn't play well. Yes, he did make mistakes. That's what happens when you don't protect your quarterback, you don't play well around him. And playing around well around him is not just the receivers, not just pass protection, but you got to come up with some stops defensively, and they couldn't do it. Um, they didn't have Shaq Thompson, Jermaine Carter, Clay Johnston. I mean, they, they, were, they were depleted. There's no question about it. The pack beated Washington. Um, Heineke's just, you know, it's a struggle for them every week at the quarterback position. Um, fumbling problem by the backs. It's Terry McLaurin is the only guy that can make plays for him. Uh, not a banner day for the offensive line. Um, you know, Chase Young is not consistent, not dominant like they had hoped. You know, a lot of it's how they're playing around them. The linebackers continue to be a weak link in coverage. Um, this is a team that's supposed to be a great defense. They're not. They've got some talent, but they don't play. I heard one of the talking heads I caught. I don't watch the shows, but I'm sitting here getting ready to watch the game. They're talking about this this great Washington defense. They've got some collection of talent, but they've, they're not even close to being great. Aaron Rodgers was dialed in is accurate. A.J. Dillon didn't play all that well. In fact, he struggled. He fumbled twice, one on a reception. He didn't play well at all. They need to get somebody other than Devontae Adams uh, healthy. Alan Lazard, who was mentioned, is going to be out for a little bit. Um, you know, now let me just tell you, Washington's defensive line whipped the Packers' offensive line. But Aaron Rodgers gets the ball out so quickly, and he eludes and avoids he covers up so many sins up front. It was a great day for Rashawn Gary on defense. Uh, Devondre Campbell has played well. So, again, very curious to see this Packers-Cardinal game Thursday night. Falcons come back winning. Dolphins lose a close one. Matt Ryan, big play after big play. Wasn't perfect, but, you know, was able to get enough done. This Falcon team, I mean, Cardell Patterson is your leading ball carrier. You got no answers there. Just don't get the personnel. It's a big rebuild. Yeah, they got receivers. Yes, they got a great young tight end. The offensive line continues to struggle in pass pro. Jalen Mayfield allowed five pressures. Spriggs struggled. (laughs) Can't run the football. They don't have a good offensive line. They don't have different makers at running back. That's the problem on offense in a nutshell, and it's not going to change at any point during the year. Grady Jarrett had another big game as a pass rusher. He's played well. Deion Jones did have a quarterback sack. He's targeting and targeted in coverage throughout the game, and they had some success against him. Fabian Moreau had an interesting game, thought he did a pretty good job. Tua came alive in the second half for the Dolphins, played well, moved the team well. Um, Gaskins was given the bulk of the carries. Jaseki and Jalen Waddle each saw eight targets and uh, hauled in seven catches. Austin Jackins uh, continued to struggle, giving up five pressures. Um, it's the biggest problem I see with the Dolphins on offense is the offensive line play. They're just not growing up there. They're just not playing well there at all. I know they're down some guys at receiver, um, you know, uh, but the, the biggest problem is on that side. Uh, Agba led the team with five pressures. Christian Wilkins helped, and Adam Butler did a pretty good job. Landon Roberts had a rough day at linebacker. Um, cornerback duel held up re- pretty well in coverage. Byron Jones did a pretty good job. Um, you know, and then of course on uh, Thursday night, the Browns beat Denver. And a, just a quick recap there: Keenum didn't do anything special in the absence of Baker Mayfield, but. Um, it was Johnson's night. I mean, no question about it. Uh, filling in for Nick Chubb, great job the South Florida back did. It was really, really impressive. Uh, Landry and Beckham did a pretty solid job in the game. I thought the offensive line did a pretty good job. Um, it, you know, I thought that Miles Garrett was outstanding again. Thought Jadavian Clowney uh, initiated some pressures, but they didn't play all that well. Overall, outside of him, Bridgewater started slow. Um, Melvin Gordon made some nice moves there, but you're seeing the the um, 
the Broncos kind of come back down to earth with uh, some of their issues there. Um, you know, um, let's see here. Um, game balls. I uh, want to make sure I got my game ball. So Derek Carr and Joe Burrow, a quarterback, Dearness Johnson of the Browns, uh, A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase, a receiver, Kyle Pitts of the Falcons, and I'm going to go with Cooper Cup, too. Offensive line, Colton Miller's playing well for the Raiders. Uh, Batonio played well. Jason Kelsey of the Eagles, Alex Kappa of the Bucks, and Owenanu of uh, the Patriots at right tackle graded out well. Aaron Donald was good. It, Millie Collins is playing well for the Texans in what is a mess. Jason Pierre-Paul did a nice job. Jonathan Cooper did a nice job. Devondre Campbell, as I mentioned, is playing well. For the pack, he had a really good grade for me at linebacker. Fred Warner with the Niners thought the secondary. Rasul Douglas of the Packers and and um, Jalen Ramsey of the Rams. Kevin Binder of the Titans. Uh, Adrian Amos of the Packers. I'd probably go with uh, rookies of the week. I'm going to go with Jamar Chase again, but I'm going to throw Kyle Pitts in the mix. Um, I would say uh, defensive player Jalen Ramsey, best player of the week. Um, I thought the Patriots offensive line was outstanding against, albeit um, not very good, defensive front of the Jets. Did a really good job. Uh, Rasul Douglas, again, I thought deserves a lot of credit. Uh, I thought, um, I think Jackson Carmen starting to play really well for the Bengals, and I think we should give them some notice. So um, those are some thoughts here. Hey, some quick thoughts before I get to the mailbag segment. I see you guys there, and I'm coming. Pack Cardinals. We're going to have those breakdowns, um, breakdown of that game inside LandryFootball.com, inside the film room. Really intriguing matchup. Uh, I do think that Pittsburgh-Cleveland is intriguing in the must-win game. Tennessee-Indianapolis, big division game there. Um You've got the Patriots and the Chargers, another big game. The Patriots kind of playing their way out of it, but can they play their way back in it? Can the Chargers get back on track? I'm very curious there. Um, you've got um, Tampa and New Orleans that we've mentioned. We've got Dallas and the Vikings on Sunday night. We've got the Giants and the Chiefs, and which is a, a must-win now pretty much from here on out to the Bengals. Oh, and I should say Miami-Buffalo. Um, Buffalo getting back on track is something I'm looking forward to uh, to see if they can handle it. The Ravens off the tough loss to the Bengals and the Raiders off the nice win against the Eagles have the bye weeks this week. So look for all the film room breakdowns over at LandryFootball.com. And before I get to your questions, I want to remind you about our good friends at The Daily Tip. If you're into sports betting, and you know you are. You just know how quickly the lines can change, don't you? And when you've got a lot riding on these odds, it pays to stay ahead of the curve. So before placing your bets, listen to the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM for the best betting analysis and information. They are fun, informative, and extremely helpful. A lot can change between last night's game and today's odds. The Daily Tip gives you an early look at all the angles. Host Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messinger break down the big takeaways and make sure you know everything you need to bet smarter. With featured guests like bookmakers, Odyssey insiders, and bet MGM experts, you've always got a fresh take on the action. Your friends will be wondering what you know that they don't. Not that you have to tell them where you heard it. As much fun as it is to bet on the game, it's even more fun when you've got the inside scoop. Ready to bet with an edge? Tune in to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Listen weekdays at 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on Odyssey, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And if you would, tell them that we sent them. That way uh, they certainly could uh, continue to be a part of the show and allow us to bring this show to you. So let's get to it. Um, could you explain, please, why the uh, my Rams, Kenny Young? Yes. Um, well, first of all, they – they wanted to uh, – they they reduced a lot of his playing time. They weren't really happy with him, and they traded him because they've got a Denver team that's desperate for linebacker help with all their injuries. So uh, they were able to get um, 
you know, get something for him on a guy that they basically had moved away from. Um, so look, I, I think he's played fairly well. I'm a little bit surprised, but, um, he started all seven games, but they didn't, he's kind of scaled back the duties. Uh, he's seen kind of getting into the doghouse. Um, so, you know, it was a cheap price, but uh, that's the reason why they did it. Do you think the Rams are going to get Miles Jack? Maybe. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. I look, I don't know. There's nothing there that I'm aware of, but, um, no, this was about getting, uh, I mean, I wouldn't trade miles Jack if I were the Jags. Um, I think he's a really good player. I, certainly if you look at the Rams, uh, draft capital is something that they're lacking at this point. I haven't heard anything that I wouldn't rule anything out, but I haven't. Do you think the giants are improving? Nola Jack, I think they're improving, um, but I also think it's uh, a little bit who they played. Look, we'll see what they do against the Chiefs. I know that they played well against the Saints. It, look, I mean, they're playing hard. Look at the line is playing better. They're completely banged up. They, they're they down their top three receivers. They're down Saquon Barkley. I mean, they're playing pretty hard. They're, you know, if they can get healthy, who knows? But they're not quite, they're not quite there. Um, because of uh, Kev Belargo says, because of New England's superior running game, I'm starting to see a realistic path for them to contend with Buffalo, the AFC East crown. Well, they dug themselves a little bit of a hole. When you look at them, they they play a little bit better on film than the record would indicate. Um, they've got a two-game lead right now, and we'll see where it plays out. Uh, I want to see um, them play some good teams and win uh, look, they, they're going to have to beat Buffalo twice. It's as simple as that. Can they do that? Can, will they? Um, Kev Belargo says, are you seeing substantial growth with Tennessee short to intermediate passing game? I'm seeing a lot of growth there. I'm seeing with a little bit of health with their receivers, that helps. They got two big-time receivers that don't really stay all that healthy. That's the real key. I, I think that um, – the big receivers combined with the run game and the improvement of the defense is something that's really fun to watch. And is there much of a drop-off from Mayfield to Keenum? Oh, yeah, there is. When when Mayfield is um, on point and healthy, he gives them more ability in the passing game. Keenum is a really solid backup. I, I will give you that. And this is a team that's built around the defense and the running game. But look, the Browns are gonna are gonna fall apart quickly against good teams. I mean, Denver is a fool's gold team that's not all that good, and and I again give them credit for beating them. But I just don't like this Browns team. Uh, they got Pittsburgh this week, and look, I mean, they they absolutely it, it's about health right now, folks. I mean, it really is. Uh, they need Baker Mayfield. They need Baker Mayfield. Uh, now, do you want to invest? $30 million a year on Baker Mayfield. That's a different discussion. Um, but who gives the Browns a better chance to win Baker Mayfield or um, Keenum? I, I think that's pretty obvious. Look, it's, it's a team that's built around the running game so you can win with Keenum. Um, but I think if you're going to get anything done and maybe contend you're going to need Baker to occasionally make some plays that I don't think Keenum can make. It's my thoughts on it. Hey, again, a reminder to check out everything we're doing at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the football season sale. Please spread the word, if you would, about what we're doing. Um, and certainly check out uh, this podcast. If you want to get a review of what we did, you can find it over at LandryFootball.com. Um, and show you how to sign up for it uh, if you want to get it dropped into your uh, phone each and every show. Appreciate you joining us. Appreciate everybody, Kev and Nola Jack and hey, uh, Joe Fo 10, Rich Coates, um, all of you. Kev Velargo again. Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, everybody joining us. Really appreciate it. Join us next week for another edition of Scouts Eye on College and Pro Football. Uh, and a reminder that uh, Wednesday we've got a big day uh, right here on Twitch TV. 
uh, do a little uh, Pac-12 and Big 12 in the noon and 1 p.m. Central hour. We'll do a little Alabama football breakdown at 3 p.m. Central. And then we're going to get into some interesting stuff on the Landry Football Podcast as well. Appreciate you joining us. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Landry Football Network. Uh, and see you over at LandryFootball.com. So long, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.